Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. Mary Oliver. Podcast number eight, Loving God. I spent a number of years searching for God. Enamored of art, in my 20s I toured Europe. Once there, I discovered churches scattered everywhere, all inspiring me with the beauty of their architecture, most of it done by hand. I thought to find God inside those churches, especially in Italy. When I walked into a church, no matter the size or the city, their elaborateness and hushed atmosphere gave me such a feeling of being closer to God. But I just knew my God wasn't enclosed in a church. I spent my 30s in California thinking God might be at the ocean. There was a wildness and a serenity in West Coast water, but I missed the hushed church atmosphere. At 40, I joined a spiritual commune, learning to be here now and coexist in a specialized community. I got so much from that experience, living with like-minded people, but I realized that wasn't the real world. So I started looking more inside in my 50s, reading poetry, learning to listen to others, and taking a leadership course. During the first week of this leadership course, I realized there was an area of my life that called for some serious cleaning up. I realized all the searching I'd been doing for the last 30 years would be for nothing if I didn't take a good look at my drinking. Now, I would never have gone to Alcoholics Anonymous by choice. I knew I needed to shift my priorities, but I couldn't see a way to do that without making radical changes, and who likes that? So I led my usual life, all the time thinking it was just a matter of time before I was found out. Then, one day as I was getting ready for work, I checked my phone messages, and there was one from a friend in my therapy group. I had been in this group for many years, and most of the people in there were in recovery of one sort or another, but I had never mentioned my own drinking. The message was, call me the minute you get this. It's important. Really, I have to talk to you. So I sat there thinking, oh my God, I must have talked to him after I started drinking last night and I don't remember it. He knows now. He knows about my drinking. And my mind went from one bad neighborhood to another. I thought, I'll change my phone number and not tell anybody. Maybe I'll move tomorrow and get a new job somewhere else. I'll just never speak to him again and won't go back to therapy. This went on for hours, taking me further and further into paranoia. I finally realized there was only one thing to do. I called my therapist and told her I was an alcoholic. She told me to go to an AA meeting and meet her at her office in a couple of hours. So I did. I went, and then I told her everything. She let me know I had some serious amends to make to my group, and that wouldn't be easy. 
So I started with my friend who'd called. And here's where God showed up. When my friend answered the phone, he was worried I hadn't been in touch all day. With great trepidation, I asked, why? Because I found out this great new restaurant was right down the street and wanted to meet you there for lunch. And in that minute, I got it. I knew I had found the God for me, one that had a great sense of humor and wouldn't hesitate to use it to my advantage. AA has shown me that what I was looking for all over the world was right in front of me. It was inside me and outside as well, in nature, in music, in AA meetings. Getting sober was one of the greatest things I've done in my life, and I couldn't have done it without God. Lately, I've been reading a book called Love Poems from God and thinking about what it means to love God. It's not really something they teach you about in Sunday school, except for the part about loving Jesus. In church, there's a lot of talk about living the way God wants you to, but how do we know what that is unless we actually ask? I thought this book would show me how God writes poems, but actually, it turns out he didn't really write any poems at all that were in this book. Mostly, other people wrote poems to him in a way to thank him or something like that. I was kind of surprised to see so many people mentioned that I heard of, but I, I didn't really know who they were. Like Rabia, for instance, who is called, and I'm quoting here, the most popular and influential female Islamic saint. And I thought, wow, now that's something, especially living back in the 700s and all. I can't even imagine what life must have been like back then. All I can think about is dust and and famine and stale bread, which would make it seem a lot harder to love God, much less have time to write poems. When I started this book, I was enthralled by the rapture in some of the poems and started wanting to have some of that in my life. Not all the poems brought this up in me, but enough did so that I noticed I had a definite lack of rapture. If being in conversation with God included rapture, that seemed like a good enough reason to give it a try. So I sat down and tried writing to God just to see what it felt like. And I have to admit, I'm not very good at it. For one thing, what's our relationship? Do I get to decide or does he? Seems like he really does have the last word, so to speak. So how does one have a conversation with him, kind of already knowing the outcome? So I decided I'll just be myself and see where that takes me. I started out just kind of being in the moment, I guess, feeling like this was a little one-sided because, you know, how did I know he's even listening? I know they tell you he hears everything, but Lord, can you imagine the cacophony of all those conversations? It made my head spin just thinking about it. I decided to get quieter and say a few things that were on my mind. Then I noticed what I was saying seemed like it came more from inside my body than inside my head. And before I realized what had happened, I found myself listening for a reply. I got even quieter as I waited for a response, and I heard birds, lots of them, chirping away like they were really happy. I heard the rush of wind in the bushes outside. I smelled the newly cut grass, and that seemed to take me back to my childhood somehow. And then I was thinking about lightning bugs and badminton and the first time I saw snow. 
I felt suspended like I was in one of those globes you shake and snow falls all over everything. And all of these sensations were happening at the same time. The grass smell and the twilight and the snow, all perfect together. I was stunned. What had happened? Had I had a conversation with God? I didn't hear anything, but I felt acknowledged. My side of the conversation included some questions. They weren't answered exactly, but somehow they felt less pressing. I felt I'd been listened to in a nonverbal way, and I felt like that was enough for right now. I'd gotten what I needed, whatever that was. There was quietness all around me, inside and out. I wasn't changed, but I also wasn't the same either. Something has happened, but I just didn't have the right words to say what that was. One thing I did get, though, now I knew what love poems from God were. They're knowing you're taken care of even when you feel like you aren't. They're trust in yourself and the goodness of the universe. They're that feeling of being in the presence of something so big it dwarfs you and then decides to include you too. They are love in all its meanings to all people, and they call out to us in poems, new and old, like this one from Rumi. Hey, the grass beneath the tree is content and silent. A squirrel holds an acorn in its praying hands, offering thanks, it looks like. The nut tastes sweet. I bet the prayer spiced it up somehow. The broken shells fall on the grass, and the grass looks up and says, Hey! And the squirrel looks down and says, Hey! I've been saying hey lately, too, to God. Formalities just weren't working. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining, too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on NowThatYouAskPodcast.com. Bye-bye for now.